Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both SnoozeFest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Michelle Vroom is a marketing coach with over 15 years of marketing experience with nonprofits, agencies, and large corporations. She now helps small business owners grow to six figures with more freedom and peace. Michelle believes that every woman deserves to be in control of getting clients and making money. She understands the challenges of limited limited resources and time and shares her proven methods for visibility and relationship building to get clients and to grow your business. Michelle, thank you so much for being here today. I am beyond excited to chat with you. Thank you for having me, Jane. I'm excited to chat with you too. So you and I have known each other for what feels like forever at this point, but I feel like most of our listeners are probably meeting you for the first time. So give us a little rundown, share your story. Yeah. So I um, went into business six years ago. It's actually been over six years at this point, Um, really for a couple of reasons. Number one, I always wanted to run my own business. I have that like entrepreneurial blood, I guess. Um, My, I come from a line of entrepreneurs, so I think it's just innate. It's it's inside of me. Um, and I always wanted that, but thought, you know, I'll I'll run my own business when I'm in my 50s and the kids are older. Like this was me pre-kids, right? Saying this. <laughs> I had this vision of what, you know, I needed to do first. And so it wasn't until I had my oldest, my my first son, that everything changed, right? And if you're a mom, you know um how much changes just seemingly in the blink of an eye. And I no longer wanted to like work at my corporate job. Um, and I had a good job, by the way. Like it wasn't like I had a terrible job and things were, you know, awful and I hated going there. I got to work from home. I had like a cushy salary, like corporate salary, right? I had all those things. But when my son came, I wanted so much more, right? I wanted more of that freedom, freedom of my time, freedom to be there for his big moments and not have to answer to anyone, really the freedom to answer only to myself. And so what I did is during maternity leave, all of these opportunities came my way through like family and friends, my, you know, really small kind of network. Um, a lot of business owners who were asking for help with social media, that that seemed to be the, the main thing at the time. And enough opportunities came my way during maternity leave that I was like, huh, I need to think about this. Like, do I really want to pass these things up? Um, you know, am I always going to be wondering what if, right? That was kind of the the question that was looming in my mind. And so I went back to work for, I think, about two months after maternity leave. And then I gave them my notice. Um, and in May 2016, I went out on my own. And I remember being like so excited, but so incredibly terrified because at the time prior to that, I was the breadwinner, right? Like I was making that cushy corporate salary and things completely flipped to where our family had to make a lot of really big financial sacrifices, which feels scary. And I think everybody's been there at some point. Um, Obviously haven't looked back though. You know, it's, it's been a journey, a wild journey in many ways, but so fulfilling. Um, You know, it's, my business is so much more than my kids now. Like I've welcomed two more boys into the world since then. So I'm a boy mom times three. And even though I started my business because of my kids, 
it has grown to something that just brings me so much joy and fulfillment to be able to have the impact that I have. I would do it even if I, you know, didn't have to or were getting paid for it. Um, and so it's bigger than my kids, right? Like it gives me another identity as a business owner outside of, you know, the mom hat that is really rewarding as well. And um, my my offers and and services have evolved too, right? Like I'm no longer doing the work for clients. I'm coaching them through it and coaching women through it. And my bigger mission, quite frankly, is that every single woman in business becomes the provider for her family in some way, whatever that looks like for you, right? Because that word looks different um, or means something different for everybody. So that's kind of like my bigger vision of the future is really helping women step into that role, both in business and in life. And that excites me. Would you mind sharing a little bit about what your services look like when you were first getting started and what they look like now? I'm interested to hear how that's evolved and, and why you decided to make those shifts along the way. Yeah. Well, when I first started, my services were basically like a hodgepodge, like whatever you want, I can do kind of thing. Um, I mean, I was doing stuff that like looking back, I'm like, oh, that was that was fun. Um, like, for example, <laughs> um, I did taglines and messaging for a brand new cookie company. So like talk about like being in the product world, right? Not even in the service provider world. Um, you know, I was just honestly doing a lot of social media, blog writing, email writing, um, PR, public relations, which is, you know, I come from a PR and marketing background. So that made sense. Um what else was I doing? Like website copy, like all sorts of stuff, just things that, you know, kind of crossed marketing and branding a little bit. Um, but I wanted to be able to really serve as many clients as possible and get that experience. Like that was what I wanted initially. Um, what ended up happening and what happens for many people is you start to get burnout by having that many, like, I think I had 12 different offers, right? <laughs> Probably more because a lot of it was so custom and personalized. At some point, though, like you hit a wall where it's like, I couldn't take on more clients, but I still was not anywhere near where I wanted to be in terms of revenue. And I just felt like I was a jack of all trades, like doing so many different things. And I really wanted to move from being a jack of all trades into a specialist, right? Like I wanted to make that shift. And so how I made that shift was I started to move away from done for you work and move into one-on-one coaching. Now, my one-on-one coaching package, my very first package was still very like custom and personalized, but at least it was coaching you in your marketing, right? Coaching you to get more clients. It was like a six-month one-to-one package and it was super like just super accessible, right? Like something that was easy for me to sell. And so as I got more um, experience serving more one-on-one clients, I started noticing patterns. I started putting together a framework for how they could get more clients and get clients consistently. And that's how I started shifting into group coaching. Now I have a signature offer, um, the Dream Client Accelerator, which is obviously all about helping you get clients consistently in the simplest way possible um, and marketing online in the simplest way possible using a Facebook group. And so that's something that sort of evolved, right? As I served more people, even in my group coaching program, I, I just realized like where people were falling short, like what you know challenges they were running into what they needed to be successful. And I say all of that because I want people to see like the broad scale here. It wasn't like I woke up one day, snapped my fingers and everything kind of materialized. Like I had to get comfortable, you know, working with clients that maybe I wouldn't work with now. I had to get comfortable doing work that maybe I wouldn't do now. I had to get comfortable talking to people, working with a lot of different people, hearing no, 
right? Like having clients be unhappy in some cases with the work that I did. Yes, that happens. I'm not too proud to admit that. But all of that like gave me so much rich experience that allowed me to then really hone in on my specialty, my area of specialty, right? Um, and create a program based off of that. I love that. And you actually teed me up perfectly to ask my next question, which is, you know, I guess I'm wondering from you now that you're somebody that is coaching entrepreneurs through the journey of growing their own small businesses. uh, What are some of the biggest roadblocks and challenges that you see your clients, these sort of like green entrepreneurs face? Oh, yeah. And, And I'm wondering how you're coaching your clients over these humps. Yeah. Okay. So a bunch just jumped out at me and I'll, you said three, right? So I'll try yeah, in no particular order. I have a short list that I want to unpack with you too, but I'm curious. What yeah. Your yeah. And I'm curious to see where ours match up. I'm sure they will. Um, my first, the first thing that jumped out at me is that so many women are making their marketing really complicated by putting out a ton of different offers. Um, I preach simplicity. Like that is something that I've always preached. It's something that I've become even more like obsessed with almost, right? Um, the Dream Client Accelerator, which I just mentioned, is literally the simplest marketing program out there. And the reason I say that is because it teaches you one strategy that you can repeat over and over and over again and like fully master to get clients. Whereas I see so many other women feeling this pressure to like, offer all these different things, to constantly be launching something new, to you know be putting all of these marketing strategies into place. Not all marketing strategies are needed at every phase of business. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't talk about, right? When you're early on, you don't need some expansive funnel. You don't need to be running Facebook ads, right? Like I'm sure there'll be people who are like, I can't believe she just said that. Well, that's true because you've got to get momentum, right? And then as you build momentum, as you bring in more clients, then you have more capital, right? To invest in some of those higher level strategies. But you don't need to do all of that at once. And I see so many women doing that. They're constantly like chasing the next, you know, offer, chasing the next shiny object. And they are doing the opposite of simplifying their marketing. They're overcomplicating it. And I think that's a big part of what leads to burnout in our industry. So that would be the first thing right out of the gate. And so what I just mentioned in terms of like keeping things simple in a program like the Dream Client Accelerator is how I help them combat that, right? Is by giving them one single strategy to focus on and to repeat so that they can truly master it. Because if you're jumping from thing to thing, like how much are you really mastering, right? Like you're not, you're always like dipping your foot in just a little bit and then boom, you're out, you're doing the next thing. And that's why I think people always feel like they're starting over again instead of like, and, and maybe even in some sense, starting over again every single month instead of actually making real forward momentum and forward progress. I could probably do a podcast episode just about that. And maybe I will, because now I have some ideas. But (laughs) moving on um, to the next one. The next one I would say, um, there's a combination. Let me me think about which one I want. I'll I'll start with, I'll start with what I wanted to say for last, because I think it's the most important, but I'll start, I'll go to that next. Um, I think that themselves, right? Like they are the biggest roadblock when it comes to getting where they want to be. And what I mean by that is their own beliefs about what's possible. And so what's interesting is when I started my business, I had no idea what the heck mindset work was. It wasn't something that I think was even very, like as big as it is now, right? Six years ago. Um, I'm sure you probably have seen that. And it's just when you think about like what stands in your way in anything, business or life, it's you. 
It's your own thoughts about yourself, right? In business, about your offer, about your people. Like I remember that I had so much fear over people saying yes to my offer because I didn't think that I would be able to deliver. And so I would literally get on sales calls and be like, I hope the person doesn't sign. <laughs> and they didn't. And therefore, you know, I would I would feel the sense of relief. And I didn't understand what that was or how that was impacting me until I invested in coaching myself. So I think that's also a really big thing is like you are probably the biggest barrier. We want, you know, we live in a world where we want like the three steps to instant success. Like we want that secret code to success. And the truth is, is that that code doesn't exist. In fact, if it does exist, it's in you. It's not in something else. It's not in like a particular strategy or your messaging or whatever. And so I really think like a lot of women just aren't trusting themselves because they have all of these different beliefs and fears and doubts. And that's playing a role for sure as well. Um, I also think that people are obsessing over the algorithm and engagement. And I think it's it's hurting their marketing. This would be the third thing. I think it's hurting their marketing. And the reason I say it's hurting their marketing is because things are constantly going to change on social media platforms, right? Like the algorithm is always going to change. Like that is something we can be sure of. A lot of people, though, are really focused on like, how many views did I get? How much engagement did I get on my post? When in reality, engagement does not always lead to sales and clients. I'm not saying it never does, by the way. And I'm not saying it doesn't play a role, okay? But like, I'm seeing so many people obsessing over that and focused on that. And they're not focused on making offers, on talking to people, on having any type of like call to action in their post of, hey, come work with me. Hey, book a call with me because they want like the flashy numbers. Like they want to feel like, oh, okay, I'm an influencer. I'm important because I have all of these different likes and comments on my posts. And again, like there are some times where, yes, you want engagement. But how much are you prioritizing engagement over sales? I see that happen a lot too. And so how do I coach my clients on that as well as on the limiting beliefs? Well, number one, I think um, just having them look at their own behavior. Like, did you, you know, if, if even to your listeners, if, did you buy something based on how many likes that person's post got? I don't know. Maybe you did. If you did, then it might be harder for you to make the case, right? In your own mind, that engagement isn't important. But for most of us, that's not why we buy from someone. That's not why we make an investment. We invest because to some degree, we feel a connection with that person, an emotional connection. And we we know that they can get us to where we want to go. And so sometimes just asking my clients, like, how did you make a decision? And showing them the parallel between themselves and their people, like their audience, that can be really powerful. Um, in terms of like how to help them overcome limiting beliefs, I mean, I think accepting that those are normal, that they're a normal part of running business. A lot of people think like, oh, I've got, you know, this this fear, this doubt coming up. That means I'm doing something wrong. And I think that actually keeps them back in that spiral that I talked about, right? That was number one, like jumping ship and going to something else and doing something else. I think that keeps them there because they think they're doing something wrong. So I think as a starting point, just normalizing that fear is always going to be present that you are always going to have some kind of mental drama going on about business. Like we all face it, right? At every single level, that alone can kind of help my clients like relax a little bit and be like, okay, whew, I'm normal. Love that was all of that. That was, <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. So it's interesting with everything that you said, all of the notes that I had written down were sort of associated with your number two, which was sort of like the mindset work. Mm -hmm. um, I had written down that people say that they don't have enough time, right? Oh my gosh. And I, yeah. I, think that I have a lot of thoughts about time. Right. I, I would love to hear your thoughts about time. Oh, I would yeah. love to hear your thoughts about time. I, you know, I think that everybody has time 
to do what it is that they want to be doing, right? Whether that's scrolling their phone, whether that's watching a Netflix show, whether that's taking your kids to a ball game, whether that's working on your business, like the things that you are prioritizing in your life, you make time for, right? In some way or another. And if you're not making time for your business, you're not prioritizing your business. And you can't grow your business without making time for it and prioritizing. Would you agree? I agree a thousand percent. Um, one of the things that I teach, like just in sales in general, right, is when someone says they don't have time, that's not the real reason. It's just not because if you knew, so to me, when you say, like, I don't have time, that goes back to a lack of trust and that can show up in a couple of areas. So, number one, if you trusted that a particular strategy, right, would bring you the results that you want, would you really not make time for that? Like, that's crazy. Of course you would. It's because you're not sure, right? that that strategy is going to utilize or going to bring you um, the results that you want. And so you're sort of, again, still like dipping your toe in different things, keeping your options open. And so you're actually wasting more time and like spending more time doing that. I think the other piece of this is that maybe you believe in the strategy, but you don't fully believe in yourself and you don't trust yourself to get results. And so that's when we tend to distract ourselves, like by watching Netflix or updating our website or doing a lot or changing our offer again, right? Um, doing a lot of things behind the scenes. Like I see so many people on Instagram. I, I, seem to see, I see this a lot on Instagram stories. I don't know. Like when I'm on Instagram stories, I'm not on a ton, but when I am, I'll see people in their stories and they'll be like, what's on the agenda for today? You know how people do those stories where it's like today's agenda? None of the things are are anything worth growing their business, right? It's always like, <laughs> I am doing the slides for my latest presentation. I'm like, Mm, those slides aren't going to make you money. Like they're just not right. I don't mean to be critical. I'm not like judging people's stories. That's not, that's not, that's not how I want this to come across. But when I see it, I can't help, but my marketing brain goes there. And it's like, what are you doing to make money? Right. And to move your business forward. A lot of it is distraction and excuses because we're afraid, right? We're afraid we won't like the outcome. And we also are afraid that we ourselves won't be able to generate the outcome. So it actually goes back to, to lack of trust in the strategy and in ourselves and that is what's beneath the whole, like, I don't have time thing. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. Spot on. And everything else I sort of had written down, I think also goes back to just limiting beliefs and fear in trusting yeah. ourselves, right? Other things I wrote down were, um, I feel like a lot of people, new entrepreneurs worry that like the market is saturated. This is something that I hear a lot from people who are interested in getting into sleep consulting. They uh -huh. say like, oh, there are already so many sleep consultants out there. And I just think that that's such a unfortunate way of thinking, you know, like nobody would ever say, you know, if you want to be a physical therapist, I'm just using that as an example, yeah. would anybody ever say like, I'm not going to get into physical therapy because there's too many physical therapists, or I'm not going to go to med school because there are too many doctors, right? Like nobody says that about other professions. Um, you know, you get into a certain line of work because you're passionate about it. Hopefully you have potential, you're going to be good at it and you throw your all into your work and you have the chance of being the best if there are 10 people doing the work or 10 million people doing the work, like you a have a chance percent. to be the best. And, you know, when I got into sleep consulting, I wasn't the first sleep consultant that ever came on the scene. There were right. hundreds or thousands or however many sleep consultants. And it didn't matter. I put myself out there. I was a master at my craft. I provided excellent service and got my clients results. 
and word travels fast, period, end of story. And that would happen if I was just getting into the business today. It, it just wouldn't matter because I would do a good job. It doesn't matter how many other people are out there doing the work. Yes, right? I've worked with a number of sleep consultants have, have worked with me in my programs. Um, I would be a sleep consultant if I were not a business coach. Jane knows this. I'm yeah. obsessed with what sleep consultants do. Like sleep training saved my life <laughs> and my kids sleep so well because of it. So I feel like I'm like, oh, I would love to do what you guys are doing. But um, I, so two things to that, like number one, look at where, if that's coming up for you. So I'm speaking directly to your listeners here. Like look at where that's coming up for you and why is it going back to any of the trust pieces that I just mentioned? Because if you think the market is saturated, like how is that an excuse that's protecting you from moving forward and doing the darn thing because you're scared that you don't have what it takes or you're scared of success? A lot of people are are not just afraid of failure. They're afraid of success, right? And what does that mean? And what's going to be required of me? And what pressure will I have to deliver? Like that is a very real thing. I think that's very prevalent. Um, I don't think we talk about that enough. So that would be the first thing. The second thing is just more like, you know, that that's more mindset, but just sort of like to be straight up with you, um, you know, sure, I guess you could look at the market being saturated, I guess, but that's putting you in the pool with everybody else. You're different, right? And I can say this confidently to all of your listeners that you are different because you're the only person who has walked in your shoes, right? Only you have the perspective that you have. Like nobody else can have your your perspective. So while somebody else does what you do, they offer the same service that you offer, are they going to coach parents and families the same way? Are they going to say the same exact things to them, right? Are they going to give families the same perspective? Absolutely not. That's impossible. Nobody else can do that. So when you think about it that way, like I think it's all in how you look at it, right? When you think about it that way, you're not competing with other people. You're in a category all by yourself. And that is just more evidence that you need to lean into what makes you, you, not to sound cliche, but it's true, right? Versus, you know, how do I, how do I rank with all of these other um, sleep coaches, right? Because at that point, when you do that, you're going to be competing on, you're going to feel forced to compete on price. You're going to feel forced to compete on stuff that I think lessens the service and the value that you provide. I love that you just said that. I actually hired a business strategist, I don't know, maybe a year ago to help me with my messaging for Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. And that's actually exactly what she taught me was that, you know, we needed to figure out a way to create messaging around CPSM that really separated this program from others on the market. And there were already so many identifying factors that separated CPSM from other sleep consultant certification courses, but I hadn't nailed those down in my head yet. They were there, like yeah. they were alive and well. But uh -huh. I didn't have I didn't have the language to talk about them. Yeah. And I didn't have a way to articulate that so that I was putting myself in a category without any competition. And once I refined that language, once I figured out how to talk about my offer, not in comparison to other programs, but just how mine is actually completely different from anything else. Uh, that was a huge game changer. And you know, I'm constantly putting pressure on my students who go through my certification course to create their own language, their own messaging. You know, when they turn in their final assignments, which are sleep plans based on case studies, a lot of them will turn in sleep plans that look a lot like mine. And mm -hmm. I'll kick it back to them and I'll say to them, like, this is my language, not yours. And you're not going to get anywhere with my language. You know, I like, love that. Yeah. My language is great for me, 
but you. you need yep. you need yep. to develop your own language. Like you are never going to grow a successful business copying my words. Like you're just not. Like totally, totally. Um, you want to know the number one reason? I haven't officially pulled my audience. I should, but do you want to know the number one reason why people work with me? I'm curious what you think that is, Jane. I, I, I mean, I could name a million reasons for why I think people should work for you, but I'm curious what the number one, the number is. one reason that I think like sends people over the edge is that I'm a mom of three boys. Okay. Yes. I know what I, what I'm doing. Yes. I've been in the corporate world. I've been in all that, but I am a mom. And when people hear three boys, they think like chaos, right? If you're a boy mom, you know, <laughs> if you have even just one boy, but like when people hear three boys, they're like, it's chaotic, isn't it? And it is, it absolutely a thousand percent is like, I don't know even what's going on on the other side of my door right now. But the reason I say that is because all of my qualifications, meaning like having worked in corporate agency, nonprofit, like that helps, right? They're seeing and watching me, you know, grow a Facebook group that brings me multiple six figures every year, right? They're watching in real time. That also adds that layer of trust that's needed, right? But I think the number one reason that like pushes them over the edge, even people who aren't moms, right, is that they see me doing all of it while managing three boys at home. And for them, it's it's relatable. Like they 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 know she gets it, right? I talk about like what happens when the babysitter cancels and everybody gets sick, right? So they understand, they can connect with it. It makes me seem like a real human. And even to those who aren't moms, they're like, she knows what happens when life gets in the way of business. She knows how to handle that. I want to work with someone like that. And so why do I share that with your listeners? Because that's something that's so personal to me, right? Like that's me. That's a part of how I stand out is by being me. Like there was a time the first year in business when I was about to do a live in my group and I was afraid that people would see the changing table off to the side because I used to work in my living room at my old house, right? I was afraid that people would see a changing table off to the side and not want to work with me because in the world that I came from, that was unprofessional, right? You don't do that. You don't show any part of you and, and your personality. Now that's a big part of why people hire me. Like, isn't that interesting? It's just so fascinating. And so I share this with you guys because I want you to know that like, the thing that you maybe feel is unprofessional, you know, quote unquote unprofessional, or like, I can't possibly share that or talk about that. That's exactly why you need to, because that's going to set you apart. People want to work with real humans who they can relate to. And I think that level of like personalization, my kids are yelling in the background as we speak, that level of personalization is going to be the game changer for you. I think that that's really relatable. I it's so funny that you mentioned your three boys and your changing table in the background. Literally yelling as we speak about them, which is ironic, right? Yeah, I, I believe <laughs> it. I believe it. My mom has my two kids out for a haircut <laughs> right now, so I'm in the clear for like another fifteen or twenty minutes. Um, I often I play tennis twice a week, and it's just like the happiest two hours of my week. I just I love it. And one to those two days a week, like I come home and I'm sweaty. And I have calls right afterwards. And sometimes I think to myself, should I race and get in the shower and look all clean for my calls? And then I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do that because I get to play tennis and then sit down at my kitchen table and get back to work. And like, and that's what your people want, right? They that want the best? that. Yeah. yeah they right. want to hire somebody who's not just saying, oh, I have time to play tennis, but they literally can see that you just play tennis, right? Like, when yeah. I unplugged from vacation, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I unplugged completely for an entire week. People knew that because I literally like my team was posting stuff for me, but I wasn't there. And, right. and they saw that they it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to live it. 
And that's what people want is they want us to live it out. They want you want to work with somebody who has the same core values as you. So Jane, maybe somebody else who wants to work with you, you know, maybe they don't like tennis, but they want to go do something else, right? Instead of just working all day. Well, guess what? Now they can see that Jane has those same core values. I want to work with her. I want to be part of her certification. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to show up authentically as yourself. I'm always reminding people like, don't show up as me, show up as you, right? And and support families the way that you want to support them. You know, everybody likes to look at my services and they see that I do a two-week consultation and I yeah. charge this amount of money and I do an right. ask me anything call and I charge this right. amount of money. And like, you know, I'm always telling my my graduates, like, you don't need to do that. Like, do your own thing. Get out there, do do a monthly subscription service, do a a yeah. year long program, yep. like do whatever feels good for you, you know, start do- testing, get data. Otherwise, how do you know, right? Like, if they're looking at, at where you are now, but like, what did it take for you to get there? I mean, I know a little bit about your journey. So I know some of that, right? But like, yeah. what kind of testing did you have to do to get to the point where you are offering the services that you have now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all a journey, right? Like, if I look back to where I was, I don't know, four years ago, I can't even keep track of like, how long I've been doing this now four or five years, you know, if I look back, to when I was starting, yeah, I was throwing spaghetti at the wall a little bit. We and all are. We all are, if we're honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still, I still throw spaghetti at the wall sometimes, yeah. <laughs> and and I think to some degree you have to be comfortable with that because you have to be comfortable with just like trying something new, and and if it works, great, and if it doesn't, then like you can keep trying or you can quit and do something different. Like you know, I'm always, I'm always like trying new things, reinventing, pivoting. Most people uh, won't though. Most yeah. people aren't okay with what you're saying right now. And I actually think that that could be another, you know, thing to add to the list of things that stand in people's way is that they're too afraid to try. They're they're yeah. counting themselves out right from the get-go. Yeah, actually, I think that that is beyond spot on. Um, one thing that I've noticed is, so I have, at the time of this recording, I've just over 400 students that have been enrolled in Center for Pediatric Sleep Management, so which I'm amazing. super proud of. Um, but actually the, the rate of completion, do you know what course completion rates are? Like, do you know what stat like statistics oh, are? Gosh. It varies depending on like what type of course and program you have. Yeah. Um, it can be very low, like 20, yeah. 30%. Yeah. So like that's, that's where I am for, yeah. and, and that's actually high. Like, well, and Google... I said low, like it's uh, when I was saying low, by the way, like I meant low from our perspective, but it is yeah. high compared to yeah. like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like actual course completion rates are like 10, 15% on average, yep. which is just shocking to me. I know, and, isn't it? And so I have like a 20 to 30%, it's somewhere in the mid twenties completion rate. So that means like a hundred people have completed the program. And, you know, whenever people come to me and they're like, there are just so many people out there doing this. I always say to them, I'm like, <laughs> oh, literally, if you just finish the course, you're in the top, like, 25%, you know, like, <laughs> I and, love that. And then if you if just you, finish, what a great message. If you if literally you just, just finish. like finish the course, you're ahead of 75% of the people out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the bar is set pretty low. It's, it's really crazy, you know, like to get out there and be successful, like most people aren't doing even like the first step necessary to, to get in the game. Or they're not sustaining it, right? Like we see a ton of people, like there are a lot of entrepreneurs right now burning out, shutting down their businesses, 
going back to full-time jobs and not knocking any of them. That is absolutely 100% their decision, okay? But I want people to hear that because we think like, oh, the market's saturated, meaning it's saturated with people who are doing really high-level quality work all around. And as you said, like that is not the case. Some people aren't even finishing. Some people are not truly in it. There's not that level, that deeper level of commitment. And sometimes it's hard to explain that level of commitment, Jane, but like you and I have it. And if you are listening and like you feel that tug, like you have it too, right? Like if you have it, you know you have it and you know you're willing to do whatever it takes to get to where you need to go. And not everybody can say that. In fact, I think most people can't say that. And I think we're seeing that continually in the industry. Like the longer you're in there, you start to, you know, figure that out. And so I don't know. I don't, I'm not trying to bash other people at all by any means, but I, I don't want anyone listening to think like, oh, you know, I'm comparing myself to all these people who are out there. They must be doing amazing quality work. No, I don't think half the people have the amount of care and like personalization that I know you have, Jane, in your business and what you do. Yeah. And I, and I really think it's, easier to get there than people believe. Oh my you gosh, know? so easy. Um, if you have the drive and determination, you're already there. It's just, you've got to go through the journey, like we just said, yeah. right? Are yeah. you willing so, to do that? You know. So tell everybody a little bit about your program, your Dream Client Accelerator. I'd love for everyone listening to hear what it yeah. looks like to get the type of support. If you're one of these people listening and you're like, okay, it sounds great. Like Michelle and Jane have it figured out and I don't Mm -hmm. like, how do I get help for this? Uh, What does it look like for you to support your clients? Yeah. So the Dream Client Accelerator is a program that I've had for actually four years. It wasn't always under that name. Um, I renamed it in 2019 and then, or right at the end of 2019, I renamed it. Um, and then last year, we're coming up on a year now, I made it a lifetime program. So it's gone through a lot of phases. And I share that with you guys because I don't have it all figured out. And like, I will always kind of evolve the program based on, you know, the needs of my, my audience. But essentially, this program is going to give you, um, my step by step framework for getting clients consistently from a Facebook group, right? So it doesn't mean that a Facebook group is the end all be all, but what I have found and I know this marketing principle just from my years in marketing, like relationships will always matter. I don't care what trend or what fad comes along. I feel like I'm always going to insert the word clubhouse because that seems like such a, like people were so into that and then it just died off. Right. Um, But like people are so focused on, well, what platform should I choose in this and that? It's about building relationships. And when you think about that principle, like Facebook groups, there's no other platform that allows you to have the kind of like personal relationship or, or allows you to engage with your audience in that way, right? Um, and that's why I always recommend that to my clients. And so what we do is we create what I call destination events, which are live events that happen inside of a Facebook group where you can really showcase your expertise and build that relationship and bring in the people who are a good fit to work with you or are a good fit for your program or your offer. Um, And then you have a pool of people to sell to who are already warmed up because, again, you built that relationship. A lot of people are trying to move straight to the sale and like completely skipping the relationship building process, maybe because they feel like it takes too long. It doesn't have to take too long, right? Um, And in fact, it's the most efficient way to market. And so um, the DCA, as we call it, really is about having that simple strategy that you can go back to and repeat anytime to get clients so that you really have simplicity. Um, We teach you everything you need to know about marketing and selling. Um, You don't need to create all like hire a copywriter to create all of this different messaging. You don't need to do all of this extra stuff. Like 
the more you build relationships with your audience and the more you commit to growing an audience, you're going to hear what words they're using. You're going to understand them to, on a deeper level, right? I always say groups are like market research on steroids. Um, and so then you'll be in a place where your marketing just gets even stronger. Your messaging just gets even stronger. So it's like a one-stop shop. I designed it that way. I wanted to give people a program that they can go back to at any time that gives them lifetime support. So like we are there with you, helping you run your destination event as many times as you want um, to get, you know, to get support and to grow your business. And so that's what it looks like to get support inside of the Dream Client Accelerator. Um, that's what we're all about. Again, I really want people to have something that brings them simplicity, something that brings them consistency in terms of clients and confidence, right? So it's also a really big confidence boost. We have weekly coaching calls, and I'll be honest with you. Most of those calls are not to sit down and talk about the strategy. We give them a step-by-step, you know, framework of trainings inside of our vault, right? For how to run these destination events inside of their group. You want to know what most of the questions are in the coaching call? It's like, how do I move forward when I'm doubting myself? How do I move forward when I'm not getting as many signups? Like, I, you know, I, my confidence is low. Like life just got in the way. I have a sick kid. How do I move forward? Like those are the kinds of questions that people are bringing to the table. And that's why I didn't make it a self-study program. Like I want to be able to give you Yes, the answers to those questions, but also more importantly, coach you to find the answers in yourself and to trust yourself just a little bit more. Because if you even just do that and you don't even implement anything else in the DCA, like you will be successful because you will then want to try new things, right? Like you mentioned, Jane, like that's so important. That's such a big part of business. A lot of people aren't willing to do that because they don't have that trust in themselves. And there are a lot of coaches and experts out there who aren't actively building trust in their clients. And so that's what I do in the DCA as well. So it's like, yes, you're coming for that simple marketing strategy to get consistent clients, but you're also getting so much more, right? You're you're building trust in yourself as an expert. You're owning your expertise instead of running away from it. And you're staying the course. I call it the power of one. You're focusing on one thing, one offer, one ideal client, one message, one platform. That is all you need to be successful. And I will never stop saying that because it's the truth. I love that. And, you know, it's so, I think it's so overwhelming for new entrepreneurs. I, I think everybody's trying to be everywhere, saying everything all nope. at the same time. Yeah. And it's exhausting, it's unsustainable, and it's frankly not effective, you know? So I love that you've sort of streamlined this like one message, one place. I mean, it's brilliant. That's, that's exactly right. I always tell people like, it doesn't matter where you are. Oh my gosh. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter where you are. Like, <laughs> people say to me, they they're scared of social media or they're not uh -huh. comfortable on social media. Okay. So then don't do it on social media. Then you need to be talking to people in real life, right? Like yeah. Yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you're doing it, but you need to be showing up somewhere. You need to know how to talk about what you're doing, your value, your offer, your transformation. And and the rest yeah. is history. Yeah. And to be clear, you'll be uncomfortable no matter what. You'll be uncomfortable even if you don't do it on social, right? Like you'll be uncomfortable. Like when people get into the DCA, they're uncomfortable. And I tell them that. I'm like, this is not the program that if you want like, sh you know, sunshine and rainbows and kittens and whatever, like this is not that program. It's going to push you out of your comfort zone because I think it's more uncomfortable to stay the course. I think it's more uncomfortable to embrace one thing at a time versus doing what everybody else does. But guess what? It like that's what's required for success, right? And you don't want to be like everybody else. And also you have a life, right? Like how many of, of your listeners are, you know, moms themselves, like parents yeah. themselves? A ton, right? So like you have a life you want to live. And how can you do that if you are so busy overcomplicating things? And believe me, I've done this, right? Like this isn't just based on conjecture. Like this was my life. There was a time where I literally had like 
like a nervous breakdown because I was doing too many things very early on. And since then, like I, it has just been on my heart to really simplify the marketing process and the sales process because I think it's too complicated. That's why people are avoiding it. That's why they're afraid of it. We feel this pressure of, I have to have more, 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 more. And hopefully this interview was just a sigh of relief for some of you. Like you don't have to have more. And Jane and I are living proof of that. Let's let's end it there. That's a perfect way to wrap up. Um, before we go, uh, share where everybody can find you. I want to make sure everyone knows about your podcast, your Facebook group, whatever else you want to share. Yeah. So um, the Facebook group Market Like a Boss is where I hang out the most. It's where I do like original trainings and content just to help you. Um, like, for example, I'm going live today to talk about a big launch that I had last week and like break down exactly how I was able to get there. So I'm very much about the transparency and like showing you behind the curtain of how I am marketing, right? And what are the marketing and sales trends that I'm seeing that you need to pay attention to? So I would love to see you in there. I also have a podcast like a boss. Jane has been on my podcast. Um, so she's done a great interview that you should check out. But the podcast is really honestly just encouraging women and giving them hope that they can step into that provider role because that's what like a boss means for me. So if that's re if that resonates with you, um, I would love to have you check out the episodes there. I'm on Instagram. I do some stuff on Instagram, market like a boss MV. But honestly, like the podcast and the Facebook group are the two main ways to like get in my world. Um, and we've had some ladies, Jane, from your certification program come into market like a boss and like start binging the content, um, yeah. which has been really, really cool. So would love to see more of you in there for sure. Yeah, I literally I am share... obsessed with what you guys do. So yeah, and, probably I, talk and about I'm sleep. sort of I'm sort of pretty stinking obsessed with what you do too. I, you know, for those listening, I've been following Michelle. She's one of the first coaches that ever sort of came my way. I crossed paths with her when I first started my business and we sort of were coming up at around the same time. I didn't know that Michelle was more of a green entrepreneur at the time because she positioned herself to with confidence and seemed to, you know, be on her way, but I think we really sort of got started at a similar time and I've been sort of following along her journey for years and I'm constantly recommending that my students and my grads go check out her free Facebook group. There's a ton of free bingeable content that is really, really valuable uh, yeah. as a starting point. And I think really just helps you get in the right frame of mind, if nothing yeah. else. And uh, the connections. The first step. Yeah. And the yeah, connections and the your people can make. Like I know some of your ladies have been able to connect with like moms and, you know, you like like people who can give them some really great feedback regarding their messaging too. And gosh, darn it, like I'll offer myself up to do that because again, I am obsessed with what you all do. I've done it and it's it's incredible. And like the tools that you guys give to families and the hope that you give to parents and families, that is people will buy that. Can I just say that? Like as a lot, people will buy that. They will buy like a tired mom will buy hope. If you're selling hope, they will buy hope. So like yeah. if any of you are even questioning whether there is a need for what you offer, I can tell you there is with absolute 100% certainty. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. And thank you for being on the podcast today. I'm going to make sure to link all of your information in, on the show notes. And as always, it's a pleasure connecting with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. 
If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.